Hey, Chloe, are you a feminist? You know what? I think I am. What is up, guys? Welcome to Fact of Life podcast. My name is Chloe Noller. And I'm Maddie Grace Watson. And we're here to tell you... That's just the way it is. Guys, we are so excited to be bringing to you the first episode of our podcast. This is so exciting. I know. This has been a a while in the works, and we're so excited to share what we have for you guys today. So just to give you a little roadmap of what we're doing today, first we'll just do some introductions, kind of what the podcast will be about and the topics that we'll be covering. Then Chloe will give us some dad jokes, her signature dad jokes. That's right. And we'll get right into the topic of the day right after that, which is, as you may have guessed, feminism and our take on that um we'll close out with a little fun fact and see y'all off for the day so i'm so excited it's gonna be phenomenal all right maddie grace tell us why why are we doing this podcast yeah so chloe and i wanted to give a perspective that we don't often see um most of the time people expect us as 18 year old women to be from an ultra progressive mindset which just isn't how we are And so out there on the media, there's not a lot of perspectives coming from 18-year-old women who are conservative, Christian, and strong in those beliefs. And so we wanted to provide this podcast just as a way to provide that perspective and maybe give a role model or some information to other girls like us that didn't necessarily have this outlet growing up like we did. Yeah, that's right. Um, We're both studying at Hillsdale College right now, um, which is a great great university we love in being here um we're filming in a classroom in lane like what 355 or whatever i don't even know third floor lane right now third floor lane right now but um yeah we're just really excited to be able to give this outlook um that i think is really important and that you don't hear very often for sure for sure so without further ado chloe do you want to give us your dad joke segment you know i'd really love to um you know maddie grace what what did the little corn say to the mama corn I don't know, Chloe. What did the little corn say to the mama corn? Where's popcorn? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You guys, fun fact about me, if you didn't know, I love popcorn. She's really obsessed with popcorn. I am. I have it a lot. Almost every day. Um, Um, All right, I have have one more. Oh, one more. Okay, what is it, Chloe? What is it? (laughs) What kind of water can't freeze? I don't know, Chloe. What kind of water can't freeze? Hot water. (laughs) Okay, um, well, those were your dad jokes for the day, folks. Oh, man. I think we should maybe just move on and get right into the topic of the day. That's right. Feminism. Okay. Oh, boy. So, just to start off, I often get asked whether or not I consider myself a feminist. Yeah. Just because. I I did just now. I know, right? (laughs) Crazy. Um, And at least for me, I would say yes to being a traditional feminist, which is, you know, equal rights, equal respect. That's right. My only thing is that most of the time when people say feminist nowadays, they mean modern day feminism, which I don't identify with because a lot of the things I'm seeing in the modern day feminist movement are not just gender equality, but honestly, gender supremacy, Mm -hmm. um, erasure of the inherent strengths of women and shunning of of women who want, I mean, who desire to have that traditional role. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I was just, I was just reading in, I think it was Republic by Plato. He was talking about this kind of progressivism and he was saying that those that do desire to follow that traditional role, they get shunned. They get thrown to the back and saying that they're, they're following a very restrictive kind of uh, way of life and they those that do desire to live a good life um, within within the the traditional roles that we've traditionally had as women um, they they tend to shun that and so 
I, I love looking to women like Ali Bastecki or Candace yes. Owens, you know, who are both strong mothers, who are both conservative Christian women who... And are excelling in their fields. That's right. They're doing yeah. both, and they're showing that we can do both. Yeah, and absolutely. I think, like, my, as you were saying, like, my main problem that I found with this is that I think in the pursuit of gender equality and in the pursuit of making it okay for women to have a job or women to excel in their fields, we've started to erase it being okay to want that traditional role. That's right, yeah. As, as a woman who says, like, I desire to be a mom, to raise my children um, with a conservative mindset, like, that's, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not looked um, upon with favor. In the pursuit of having, in the pursuit of making a businesswoman lifestyle and a homemaker lifestyle equal, I think what we've done is elevated the businesswoman lifestyle mm-hmm. and made the homemaker lifestyle something to be looked down upon, which I just don't agree with. And there's one reason why I can't say that I identify with the modern day feminist movement. Right. But I do, I would consider myself a traditional feminist. Right. And I think it's interesting too, because I, you know, I wouldn't, I don't use the term feminist very often, very much at all, because, you know, of, of what it means today. But, um, like, I would just say that I'm in favor of a traditional role as a biblical woman, you know? They, yes. God gave women an equal role in humanity. And while men and women have different roles, they're equal, you know? And mm-hmm. um, the, the man is to lead a family. And I think that, yeah, definitely that's something that's so, so tarnished by modern-day feminism, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. I think ne- typically, over the broad spectrum um, as a whole, men and women are given different strengths and that kind of plays into their natural roles. And I think with that, what we've done is instead of giving equal respect to those strengths, we've wanted to change women's strengths and make them like men's strengths, Mm -hmm. which I think is just so heartbreaking. It is, Because some women have these great strengths, but in a way it's like we have to erase those and make them equal to men's strengths, which I just think totally goes against what being a feminist should be. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, earlier I was, in preparation for this episode, I was looking at the Women's March podcast, or the Women's March website, um, just to kind of get a perspective of the other side, know what I was talking about. Right. And one thing, a direct quote I found from their website, it, it quote, we also know that white supremacist ideology is fueled by patriarchy and misogyny, whether it's agendas of reproductive control or open celebration of extreme violence against women, end quote. You know, I just read this and I honestly I just sat there for a second kind of trying to process what I had just read. Yeah, um, it's a lot. Yeah, if, if you want, definitely pause and go re-listen to that. <laughs> yeah. it's, it takes a second to read it because one, I thought how all of it is brought in all of the words brought i'm i don't know what do i you know think, there's, there's supremacists there's ideology patriarchy misogyny um agendas reproductive uh extreme violence against women um i know I, I wonder i would love to ask them what they mean by open celebration of extreme violence against women um yeah like that's they're saying you know the the agendas of reproductive control you know quote unquote re- reproductive control um, they say is the open celebration of extreme violence against women. It says or open celebration. So it's almost like it's two different things. Yeah. I'm not, 
I don't know. I tried. I racked my brain for a long time trying to figure out what I they meant like by they these make things. These things so like hard to understand. Like they're just they're throwing it every word that they can to make themselves sound like they know what they're talking about when it's really just trash. I know. <laughs> I mean, yes, like, it, it it's is. just a fact of life. It's just a fact. Of, that's just how. That's just the way it is. It really is. But um, yeah, I thought it was interesting that they had they brought in all of these things. In the, on the Women's March website, um, they brought in white supremacist ideology mm-hmm. being fueled by patriarchy and misogyny. Um, you know, one thing I noticed about this is that they didn't list any examples, which yeah. I would love to yeah. have the examples. Because obviously, like, if these things are happening, like, yeah. please tell me, let me know. But Well, and it's, it's interesting to note, too, and I feel like this is why his, like studying history is so important. Because you need to understand, like, this has happened in the past. Like, mm-hmm. Throughout all of history, women have been oppressed, we've been um, controlled and viewed as objects or or simply just a reproductive um, conduit or whatever. I don't even know what you want to yeah. say for that, but um, that's that's been so true. And I, I mean, I don't know what they're saying about the white supremacist stuff, but like the patriarchy has been real in the past. Yeah, don't even all get of me these wrong. things that they list here yeah. have like been real. And I and to some people somewhere, like there are still some threads of this, but the way that they're stating this, it's like it's everywhere. It's like we're being controlled by it. And right. I don't know about you, but I I feel like I'm being victimized here. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you victimizing me for? Like what is happening? It's but, it's just really yeah, like I I do you does this does this like resonate with you at all? Like, do, I don't know. Do you feel like the the white supremacist ideology is fueled by the patriarchy and misogyny? Like, do you feel like you're a victim of that? I I, I can't <laughs> say that I do. You know, um, if to all of our listeners out there, if you really identify with this quote, please send us an email. Just let us know. We'll have you on the podcast yeah, talk about it. You know, would, we would all love to the hear things. your story. Um, Absolutely. Or if, what yeah. I thought was interesting was um, there's this sign at. Hillsdale College, um, where where we're currently attending, and it says that the college was first um, the first college in Michigan to grant degrees to women, um, and they their charter their opening and like founding charter um, opened the institution to all persons irrespective of nationality, color, or sex. And I just thought like that was so neat because that it, that was um, around 1855, right around in the between there where they wrote this and that was a time that women definitely were oppressed and I think Mm -hmm. it is um it is phenomenal to see like when you take a step back from from looking at that and I mean I don't know like you you mentioned here about um modern day feminism uh tarnishes the movement that was started by women like Susan B. Anthony um, or Elizabeth Cady Stanton, like mm-hmm. all these people that have worked really hard to fight for the right to vote and to have an equal an equal role in society as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been so tarnished by that. And so it, this quote makes me so sad because it tarnishes that legacy that yes. Hillsdale College even has that, you know, mm-hmm. they were an, uh, an institution that was one of the first to allow women mm-hmm. to study anything they desired to. I mean, back in the day, Hillsdale College required you to, to know Greek and Latin before you can enroll. Before even enrolling and in the college. Thank the Lord that is not today because I don't no. know either. But um, I think they even had like a pre-college almost that taught people yeah. that taught people that just so they could come to <laughs> actual college. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I don't know about you, Chloe, but 
being a part of an institution that has that history, that ever since its inception in 1844 has fought for equality of people, regardless of race, gender, creed, all of those things, it's so, I just, it's so enlightening, so cool to see, be a part mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, um, be a part of that legacy. And, sure. you know, one thing I find interesting is Hillsdale is often considered by kind of the outside world as a pretty conservative place and not just politically. I mean, I think it, it is there. You definitely see that cor- that correlation. But um, a lot of people, I think, who don't know what Hillsdale is would expect it to be very different. But I, for someone, at least for the progressive movement, they would say like, oh, it's a conservative place. You know, p- feminism is not tolerated there. Like all of these things, people are oppressed. But I come here and I think I have not been in a place in my life where I have like give, been given more respect than at Hillsdale. I yeah. mean, everyone treats each other with so much respect, regardless <laughs> of whether you're male or female, what your race is, regardless of what year you are. There's just so much respect and uplifting here. When And I think that's just a good testament to how you've seen since 1844. They valued everyone equally, not trying to make everyone equal, not right, right. all these things we see with the modern-day feminist movement, but I think Hillsdale really does embody, in a way, kind of those things that the traditional feminist movement fought for. And you can definitely see that. And, you know, I've never felt more respected or more included, more equal than I have right. on this campus. Right. I think that's huge. Um, and I've, that's part of the reason I wanted to come, you know, because I knew that that's what they, they stood for and believe. And not like we're sitting here like, this is an <laughs> advertisement know. for Hillsdale College. Come. You know? <laughs> we just great. love it so much. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do love it here. Um, mm. But, yeah, I just, that's, I, yeah, you're so right. I've never felt, like, more um, respected and valued um, mm-hmm. as, as a, an intellectual, as yes. a woman of God. Um, and, you know, everyone, regardless of, of our beliefs, religiously mm-hmm. um, or otherwise, like, there's, there's that open um, conversation that can happen. Yes, for sure. You know, going back to that Women's March website, one other thing I found is they kind of had a timeline of their different movements or things they had promoted over the years. And I noticed and they had in September of 2018 on their timeline, all it said, it said, hashtag cancel Kavanaugh, mm. which brought back so many so memories. Many memories. <laughs> I, I think it's so funny that they still have that on there, actually. I, know. <laughs> um, I just uh, quickly, we could touch on that subject real quick. I, I just don't understand how they still have that on there because anyone who paid attention to those trials or paid attention to anything that happened there mm-hmm. will be able to tell you, like... Kavanaugh was above the law. There like, was <laughs> no evidence whatsoever against him. There was um, none. And I, I just think that was so interesting, too, that whole that whole timeline of, of hashtag me too and, mm-hmm. and all these things going on, like how saddening it was mm-hmm. because I do know, and it is increasingly scary how much... Um, like sexual harassment is going on yes. today, and um, the the sex trade and industry like is so very real, and that you know is something that I definitely do not want to, you mm-hmm. know, not touch on or make light of in any way. But um, I know that this was misused in a huge way, um, and I, mm-hmm. I it was it did bring to light some um, some horrible men that have done horrible mm-hmm. things and, and misused their positions of power. But it was just this huge bandwagon that everyone jumped on to. Um, just get rid of people that they didn't like or to call out men um, for just, I, I mean, having power in general. You know, it was mm-hmm. just super sad to see 
um, something that could be a really uplifting and powerful movement for women mm-hmm. who really have been oppressed. Yes. And and I think the people that were genuinely oppressed were not able to speak up. That wasn't mm-hmm. th- it wasn't for them. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. about that. It was about yes. whose voice is getting heard and and who who's controlling the social narrative. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes, because there was really no way to know who was telling the truth and who wasn't. Because I think what happened here with Kavanaugh is that, you know, there was no evidence against him. There was all of these things, Mm -hmm. but none of it was factual. And that really was just so disheartening to me because I think it brought those stories. Like, there are women who have been sexually assaulted, who are being sexually assaulted, and who have these stories that are so hard to go through, but they're real. And I think this story with Kavanaugh, you know, Justice Kavanaugh, it's – it just – it lessens the value of all of those stories because when you're having all of these things come out, all of these accusations that have no basis that people are lying about, it's, it's so sad because you don't know which ones are real and which ones are not because we want to be there. We want to support those women who have been through this, but women are just as capable of of men as men of lying. That's the thing. Right. Just because a woman says they've been sexually assaulted does not mean they have because women and men, just like the feminist movement says, are equal and yeah, equally right. have the ability to lie like we saw in this case and like others. You know, I was given kind of an interesting perspective to this whole Kavanaugh thing. Um, in, in, I believe it was 2019, November of 2019, I got the amazing opportunity to go with my dad and my brother and my mom came along too. Um, but my dad and my brother went, were at the Federalist Society convention in Washington, D.C. And so my mom and I tagged along. And while we were there, you know, we got to look at a bunch of different things. But one night I went with my dad and my brother to this dinner. It was like the fancy dinner there for the Federalist Society. And while we were there waiting in line outside, so the keynote speaker that night was Justice Kavanaugh. It was his first, so it was cool. his first speech that he had given since... Um, becoming a justice and it was this big thing it was so cool so excited we're all outside in line waiting to get in and of course as you would expect there are some protesters which is always interesting it's always interesting to see what these protesters will do but they were just going down the line and i'm not even joking at every single female on the line they would stop and they would yell at you they're like why are you betraying your sex like why are you betraying this like like why are you promoting misogyny why are you promoting patriarchy all these things and it was crazy like they were just stopping and yelling in all of the women's faces and then later on in the dinner we're sitting there Justice Kavanaugh gets up to speak and some of the protesters had bought tickets to the dinner so that they could stand up in the middle of the speech and start blowing their rape whistles so they start blowing their rape whistles and these this loud shrieking noise and we just hear you just hear this large group of people like trying to come into the hall I'm sitting there little I don't know how old I was 14 <laughs> 15 year old me like okay here this is it like about to get attacked but no like it ended up being fine there were security guards there and everything but poor guy Goodness. I know he just, dude Justice Kavanaugh he just went on speaking like perfectly normal like didn't even wow. pay attention to that but well like <clears throat> You know who I would really love to talk to? His mm. wife. Oh like, my goodness! What yeah. an absolute like queen, honestly. Literally. Like, <laughs> for literally, sure. I would love to hear her perspective on it. Um, so true. That whole thing. But yeah, wow. that was just an interesting story. I, I it just you can't be more like they're just showing off their ignorance. Like, I know. Ever, anyone who knows anything about that trial or or watched the court proceedings and watched and saw mm-hmm. how Kavanaugh was. Um, you know, proclaim not guilty of any of those things, mm-hmm. um, that 
they would know that that's not true. And and here they are shouting that. And you're like, you're no. stupid. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, precisely. <laughs> so, you know, you said, you mentioned mm-hmm. the word queen. Um, speaking of, I do want to call attention to our lovely queen. Well, I guess it's not our, we're not British, but the, the incredible women that um, just passed away, but that led England for... Um, 70 plus years? 70 plus years, the longest reigning wow. monarch. Um, you know, I, I'm just curious, what do you think about Queen Elizabeth? What kind of women was she? And should we um, look at to her model and, and respect that? You know, I think the thing about Queen Elizabeth is she took on this role so early on that we didn't really get to see her political perspective before she became queen. Yeah, absolutely. And so when she became queen, she very much so kind of took on a role of not saying her political perspective because... Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not a huge, um, I don't know a whole lot about the British monarchy, but I know they really don't have that much power, at least they don't use that much power nowadays. But I think she just led with so much grace and dignity, mm-hmm. and she truly was just kind of the symbol of their country. I really think that, I mean, she's a great example of a woman leading. She, you know, she came to power 70-plus years ago when women did not have the equal rights and equal respect that they do now, mm-hmm. I just think it's so amazing to see how she transgressed that that time period, starting out when women really did not have respect and rights, to now whenever she became the longest-reigning monarch. Right. And everyone looks up to her, and now we have all of these other you know leaders. Vice President Harris, whether you agree with what she's doing or not, she still has... A position of power she does which i think is interesting because her followers are kind of the ones saying that we're being oppressed but i mean they have the first female vice president so i absolutely i think that's i guess so that that ironic. really is a lot of oppression right there i mean i know vice president goodness. instead of president goodness we should all be bowing to wow, her we really should um <laughs> i just yeah i i mean circling back to queen elizabeth um for a second she just i i i find her so um incredible because like you're saying we didn't we didn't see her what her political views were um but she contained that i mm-hmm. think only the prime ministers knew what she actually thought about everything mm-hmm. um you know because they have their the, those weekly meetings with the queen um but she she was so self-controlled and i think that is a virtue that we have lost yes. in today's day and age i mean even mm-hmm. myself i know that i wish i were a little bit more self-controlled at times For you sure. know not procrastinating and writing papers at the very last minute you know what i'm saying yep. like you know it's self-control is something that is so uh vital to mm-hmm. living a good life and i mean reading about the Greeks and, you know, their ideas of self-government and, and responsibility and personal uh, virtue and things like that. Um, not that that's, that's the, the end-all, be-all, but um, Queen Elizabeth was a huge, an incredible example of that. And she, she stuck to her tradition. And I know a lot of people criticized her for that. And, you know, then you have Meghan Markle leaving the royal family or whatever and, you know, just kind of ruining that mm-hmm. a little bit. But she, she held to her tradition and she was very... Um, She's very strong and very, yeah. just a very strong leader. And I think that's someone we could, you know, mm-hmm. look up to and kind of emulate in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, exactly what her, her religious beliefs were or, you know, whether she um, was a Christian like I would say myself to be. But she was definitely an incredible, strong woman that I, I very much look up to. Um, sure. But definitely funny that you mentioned that, you know, Vice President Harris, women are being so oppressed and I know. VP, goodness. Right. I mean, we have Vice President Harris, 
two of our most recent White House press secretaries, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, um, Kaylee McEnany, both totally changed the perspective of that office. Yeah, you know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was the first White House press secretary to need um, protection by the Secret Service, which, crazy. I mean, because she got up there and she would not let them, she would not let anyone get down on her, whether it was for any of the reasons, whether it's for her political views, who the president she was working under, none of that. She got up there and she really, she demanded respect. And I mean, that's what she got. And then Kaylee McEnany came along and, and like just multiply that even more yeah, and so absolutely. I look up to both of those women incredibly much you know Sarah Huckabee Sanders is running for governor of Arkansas oh, I'm just gonna throw that in there love, home love state it. right there <laughs> but um yeah those are both women two positions of really power and really went through a lot in that office right. and I just I look up to both of them so incredibly much yeah and it's interesting to see other women in power like AOC and mm-hmm. the other members of the squad um I, it just it, it makes me sad because they tarnish the, the example and the, the legacy that other women have left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, Margaret Thatcher, like phenomenal, phenomenal mm-hmm. woman. Um, phenomenal. And she did incredible things for England. Again, I'm not a, a you know a historian of English history or she has a statue on the Liberty <laughs> Walk here does. at Hillsdale. She definitely um, does. Um, if you don't know what the Liberty Walk is, just all around Hillsdale's campus, we have different statues of different um, just big uh, people in history, like we have Ronald Reagan, Winston Churchill, Margaret Thatcher, Thomas Jefferson, George Abraham Washington. Lincoln, oh, yeah, Frederick Abraham Douglass, Lincoln. like all the people. So that's yeah. really cool. So, um, so good. Kind of still staying on that uh, topic of women in power. Chloe, what would you say is your stance on voting on a female candidate? I mean, should you vote for someone just because they are a woman? Or how should we be kind of taking on that that topic of voting on people just because they are female. Yeah, I think it's it's a concept that applies to everyone. Y- mm-hmm. You look at their policies. You look mm-hmm. at what they're standing for. Um, are they are they standing for the right to life? Are they um, looking for big government? You need to be aware of what that person is standing for. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of people did not vote for um, Donald Trump again as president because. They didn't like him as a person, and I do. I believe that it's important to have a good, um, a good image. I guess mm-hmm. as as a, a public figure, it's important to continue the legacy of uh, of America and, and not just deface um, her name. But at the same time, that's not what you vote based on. And if um, if a woman is going to have progressive ideologies like Hillary Clinton and, or um, Kamala Harris, like if 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 they're going to have that and a a guy opposite her is going to have um, solid conservative views that are fighting for the right to life, that mm-hmm. um, are, are fighting for things that are very good and that are going to continue to uphold our nation, like fighting for um, against critical race theory um, and, and fighting for mm-hmm. the right of parents to have a say in educating their children. Like, yes. that's so important. Exactly. And I will vote for them over and over again, whether or not they're a man yes. or a woman. I think exactly. that applies to all of it. So that's, you know, that's my thing, too. It ultimately just comes down to their policies and how they are going to lead. Yep. You know, if whether they're a man or woman affects how they're going to lead, I'm not sure how. But if it, if it did, I mean, I guess I would consider that. But to me, voting for a woman just because she is a woman is just as ridiculous as voting for a man because he is a man or voting for someone because of their certain race or any of these things. Yeah. You know, if I'm running for office someday, 
I want to be voted for because people like how I'm going to be as a leader mm-hmm. and they like the policies I'm going to institute, not because I have two X chromosomes. That's yeah, exactly. just, that is honestly degrading to women. It's so degrading. That yeah. Vote on me because of who I am, not because I was born as a woman. Right, and then they talk about this this patriarchy and, and the different... Um, like racism and misogyny and, and all these things, but the only reason that those things are being called out is because they give us rules like that. Mm-hmm. They say, you're a woman, or you're a man, or you mm-hmm. you can't tell me I'm a man, or you can't tell me I'm a woman. Um, that just that just calls it out. But if we're viewing people mm-hmm. based upon their their qualities, who they are as mm-hmm. a person, um, Thucydides, and I, I just said that so wrong, in Pericles' funeral oration, you know, we just oh, read, mm-hmm. what's his name? I can't ever say it right. Oh. Wait, I didn't read the... Um, oh. No, we haven't gotten there in my class yet. Really? Wait, maybe we did, actually. No, I think How we did. How do you we say did. that name? I actually Thucydides? don't know, and um, if my Western Heritage professor ever <laughs> listens to this... I'm so sorry. I'm... Really, really sorry, uh, Dr. Strasberg, but Trap. I don't know how to say it at all. Wait, Thucydides. Okay, I think that's what it Thuc- is. Thucydides. No, I don't think that's it either. Um, Th- Thuc- man, we're about to get like, absolutely <laughs> flamed for not knowing how to pronounce it. I know, we really are. Okay. How I keep you hearing pro- it. Okay, let's hear okay, it. Okay, we're going to play this for y'all just because I think we all need to know how to pronounce this. We really this. do. Okay. <laughs> that was so anticlimactic. Fusidides. What? Fusidides. 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 No one calls him that. My professor okay. did not call him Fusidides. So, according to Google, <laughs> his name is Fusidides. Um, okay. Dr. Strasberg, if you ever listen to this, my sincere apologies for not knowing how to pronounce Fusidides. I really am sorry. Dr. Arn, if you ever um, watch this, they're going to kick us out of school <laughs> they now. They really are. Anyway, as it's you fine. were saying, totally Heracles' funeral oration. That's right. He says, um, he's talking about the, the citizens of Athens, and he's saying that people are not, I mean, I wish I could quote it right now, but um, I'm just going to cut it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that because I don't want to butcher this quote. It's actually really perfect. Um, he was talking about government and democracy, and he was saying that um, when it's a question, I'm, I'm quoting here, when it's a question of putting one person before another in positions of public responsibility, what counts is not membership of a particular class, but the actual ability which the man possesses. Mm. It's just so, it's right there in ancient mm-hmm. Greece. And you, you go back and read that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's just so, that's just so true. It's, it's the actual ability is that that's all that's going to matter. Um, and, and I think it's interesting you look at monarchs in the past um, that have ruled based on just the the order of kings, you know, of, mm-hmm. of having a son and he's first in line. Like that did not guarantee that they were a good leader, that they were mm-hmm. intelligent, that they were um, qualified to lead, but they did anyways because they were part of that aristocracy um, exactly. and that ruling class. And <laughs> that's just a perfect example of how that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, just just love quoting um, all the Greeks right now. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. I think that quote perfectly sums it up. You know, it's not whatever, it's not who a person is, but it's it's what they're going to do. It's the actions they take and all of the things like that. Um, you know, I think the kind of this whole topic today, just on feminism, it really, we decided to do this topic first mm-hmm. because it really sets the scene for kind of our perspective going into the rest of the episodes on this podcast. Um, yeah. 
That's right. You know, as we said at the beginning, we often get asked whether or not we consider ourselves feminists. And so, I mean, we do, but not with the modern day <laughs> feminist movement. That's right. I, it's, I, I would say it's about personal responsibility. It's about living um, for myself personally, and I know for Maddie Grace as well, for living our lives in, in line with um, a biblical woman and, and mm-hmm. Proverbs 31, 31. outlining. Proverbs 31 yeah. woman. <laughs> Literally outlining what it means to be a good and strong woman. I, I think mean, there are examples. what is a woman? <laughs> you know, it's a really Shout out to the Matt Walsh yeah, documentary. Absolutely. Um, but there's, there's incredible examples of women mm-hmm. in the Bible as well. Uh, Esther for and sure. Ruth. And I think that that's so beautiful that God included those women in the Bible to show that he does care about us as ladies. Yes. Like we're his daughters and he loves us equally. Um, and, and we have the same responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think looking at the fall, um, you know, there was, there was a lack of responsibility and leadership on the man's part, on Adam's part, but, um, that we are both equally um, responsible yes. and both equally accountable to God for how we live our lives. And um, so I think that looking at Ruth and her, her self-control mm-hmm. and her um, willingness to follow the Lord with whatever, and even and Queen Esther. Esther. Queen mm-hmm. Esther. Queen. Literally a queen. <laughs> so but true. I, just, I, I, I really do love the story of Queen Esther. You know, I love the story I of Ruth, do, too, yeah. but I think... Man, I could just I could go on. We should we could do a whole segment on Queen Esther. We, sometime. we could we women might. of the Bible segment, but that's right. I just I love the role models that were given us straight in the Bible. But yeah, so today we've covered all these topics on feminism. What you're going to see from us throughout the rest of the podcast is our takes on different issues. But this is really the perspective we're going to come at because if we expect y'all to keep listening to us, to keep listening to what we're saying, y'all should know the perspective we're coming from. This perspective of traditional feminism, this perspective of equal respect for women and men and our take on that. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, as a, as a woman of Christ, what God calls us to be as women and, um, be a light to the world and, and our role in that as well, a role in that Mm -hmm. calling of making disciples of all nations and, um, living our lives to give God the glory, um, regardless of anything. So that's what you're going to be hearing from us. You're going to be hearing Mm -hmm. that perspective of, um, biblical, biblical foundation as godly women, um, hoping to be striving. You could even call it biblical feminism. You know, I I love that phrase. Let's adopt that that phrase. Biblical feminism. Be look out for merch guys. (laughs) Sweatshirt, biblical feminism on it. Um, That's right. But yeah, we really hope that y'all have enjoyed this episode today and have been given a bigger perspective on kind of how we're going to be taking this throughout the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. And that maybe you learned a few new things today. So yeah, um, we really right. hope that y'all will continue on with us for this journey. To close us out today, I'm going to end us with a little segment called our fun fact of the day because this is the fact of life. I you found this one online. Um, so listen closely, guys. Did you know Green Eggs and Ham, like the Dr. Seuss book, started as a bet? The doc- this Dr. Seuss classic came from a bet with his editor that he couldn't create a book with fewer than 50 words um wow yeah they put 50 dollars on the line for the 50 words and yeah dr seuss won the bet with green <laughs> eggs and ham that's, that's phenomenal that's so that's your fun fact of the day if it's y'all actually fact of life. if y'all have some fun facts that y'all would want to be read on here just email it to us it's fact of life podcast at gmail.com send us a fun fact push put fun fact in the um little topic line and you know, if we choose your fun fact, we'll give you a shout out on shout out on the podcast. That's right. We would you want to um, give a special shout out to our 
bestie Caitlin for just being an amazing supporter of this podcast from the very beginning. Commenting on all of our posts. Really telling so everyone. Um, and a second shout out to my roommate, Emma Kate. We took some promo photos earlier this week. Follow us on Instagram. You'll see them all there. That's right. And she sacrificed so many hours for a very busy day to come take those photos for us. You know, she's just been really supportive, telling everyone about it. So, yeah, Caitlin and Emma Kate, huge shout out to them. Some of our biggest supporters. We literally could not be doing this without really them. Really could not. We're so, so grateful. Yeah, you can subscribe <laughs> to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, and on YouTube. We will have YouTube for all of our listeners on Spotify and Apple Music. We do record each of our episodes. Um, we have a YouTube channel. So if you want kind of the video aspect of it, we do have a YouTube channel we for do, that. We really so make do. sure you subscribe to us on those platforms. And if you want all the up-to-date information, definitely go follow us on Instagram at Fact of Life Podcast. We'll be having some fun stuff on there, reels, posts, stories, just different interact interactive stuff. So definitely go subscribe to us and follow us on all of those things. It's going to be amazing. And also we wanted to say one last thing. If you're interested in being a guest on this podcast, shoot us an email. That email, mm-hmm. again, is factoflifepodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to talk with you and see what um, you would like to offer and to just yeah. bring into this podcast. We've already talked to some pretty awesome really potential have. guests. So definitely. Definitely be looking out for that. We're super excited about that. So stoked. Wow. This has been amazing. It has been amazing. What a great first episode. My name is Chloe Noller. I'm Maddie Grace Watson. And, and we, we approve, approve of this, this message. message.